Nightmerica is an independently produced podcast. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash nightmerica. And please tell your friends about us. Welcome to Nightmerica, a podcast that takes you on a tour of the abnormal, paranormal, weirdly true, and truly weird in every corner across this nation. Because, to paraphrase Ray Parker Jr., whether it's ghosts, aliens, monsters, or monstrous humans, there's something strange in your neighborhoods. The... I don't have a pun for this. However, this is episode 26. Back to... School. <laughs> I don't know. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I feel like, well, we're going to be talking about colleges. Spoiler. Yeah. It's not really a spoiler because you're already listening to the podcast. So you're here, so we're not spoiling anything yet. Welcome, guys. I'm Brett. Yeah. That's Aaron, host of Travel Channel's Paranormal Caught on well, I'm Camera. Not, I'm not the host of Paranormal <laughs> Caught on Camera. I was the host and executive producer for Paranormal Paparazzi and the host of Paranormal Lockdown Evidence Revealed. But I'm a contributor and panelist, if you will, on Paranormal Caught on Camera. I was I just like trying to, to do our, your intro, since you usually do no. the intro. I thought we change no. it up, keep it fresh. That was good. And I'm pregnant. Pause. Brit. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say you're pregnant. Breaking paranormal pop culture. Man pregnant. No. No, not man pregnant. (laughs) Uh, But anyhow, let's get to some news. What's happening in the weird world of news for you this week? Well, Halloween is two months away. I don't know who else is super stoked. It's going to be on a Saturday. It's also a full moon, and it's the second full moon. Um, But it's also a pandemic. So how are we going to celebrate? Well, in Japan, they are doing drive-through haunted houses. Um, 
It's a Japanese company that translates to Scare Squad, and they've come up with a solution to pandemic Halloween. They have a 13-minute drive-through haunted house where your windows are rolled up, doors are shut, everyone's buckled in, so no one's, you know, contaminating each other. But, like, the zombies and everything get up on the window and get close and creepy and... A few people that have done it already said it's even scarier than the haunted house because you can, like, touch hands through the glass where, like, most haunted houses, they can't get that close to you. So, would you do That's it? Cool. Oh, yeah, most certainly. When I was in Japan, I actually tried to go to a haunted house, and sadly, it was closed, I think, probably the time of year. However, I have a good friend and colleague named Dr. Margie Kerr, who is a sociologist that focuses on fear. And oh, yeah, you for... talked about her book on a previous episode. I did, yes. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I wrote a blurb for her book. And she wrote this book called Scream, Chilling Adventures in the Science of Fear, If I'm, if I recall that correctly. It's quite possible that I'm getting that wrong. However, she did visit a haunted house in Japan, and the way the way the Japanese view the paranormal and ghosts is very different than us. So it's a lot of times it's it's a way like some of those ghosts in the haunted houses are not just strictly like jump out and scare you, but it's almost like they want you to figure out a riddle or whatever. Oh. There's scary stuff, but they also want you to solve some sort of riddle. Pretty interesting stuff. That is so interesting. I, I very didn't much. Know that. I'm sure there's an American influence on some haunted houses these days, but I would very much like to to go to the uh, some Japanese haunted house. And I will just say, I did look it up. It is Scream: Chilling Adventures in the Science of Fear. And if you look it up on Google, the little humble brag here. My blurb is the very first thing that pops up on it. So oh, hey good stuff. hey oh indeed. Anyhow, my story is I'm also jumping across the pond for a little bit of a... Oh, wait. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> now I can't decide. I had two articles that I was going to talk about. We'll save one for next week. I don't think so. I'll just right, say... Then can you give it to me for next week? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll flip it over to the paranormal pop culture thing. I don't know. Okay. The, well, so going over to Scotland, Jurassic ugh, Jurassic Park. What am I thinking? More like Loch Ness. <laughs> Everyone knows Jurassic Park's in on Isla Nublar in Costa Rica. I didn't not, know that. Not in Scotland. Well, it is. Well, until it was destroyed and... and then, yeah, bad stuff happened. Basically, dinosaurs got out. Anyhow, that's not the news item. But there was kind of two things that I was checking out. There was one is that a new shop has opened in Loch Ness called uh, Ness Gifts. And I was just checking out their, their gifts online. This is the Inverness Courier. That is the Highland News newspaper that was talking about Nest Gift, which opened during the pandemic, which is uh, definitely a bold move, but they've been doing well so far. And they sell a lot of soaps, candles, waxes, and face masks. Mm. And there's a lot of Nessie-themed things there. So 
pretty excited about that because this is I think the first this is like the first shop to open in the area in 40 years in that particular in Doris in that particular area and on Loch Ness so I'm very excited about that but that was coupled with another piece of Loch Ness news which is that the Loch Ness Football Club was recently admitted into the North Caledonian League for this upcoming season and they started getting a little bit of attention because they launched these Nessie themed kits or jerseys and they've actually kind of gone online they've gone become a little bit viral and the chairman of this football club has said that they've already sold 2200 kits and that they keep selling more every day and these things are great maybe i'm really just reporting this news because i want them to send me one there's three three different three different jerseys there's this one that's kind of got this uh, it's, it's a black pattern with gold stripes and there's little patterns of nessie throughout that one's really good yeah and i'm then, pulling it up they look cool yeah, that's their that's their home jersey, and then there's the away jersey, which is white with like a gold Nessie mm-hmm. across the the front and a diagonal pattern, and then there's the third strip jersey, which is sort of a blue one with Nessie right at the bottom. I don't know. I kind of like I'm I'm split between. I thought I'd like the second one, the away one, the white with the the gold, but now I'm I'm finding myself a little bit partial to that home jersey. Which one do you like more? I would do the home jersey, but that's because. I like stripes. Right. So. Well. Woo-ha. And woo-ha. I don't know what it means. Okay. I'm guessing maybe that's the sound of a Highland cattle. Because there is a picture of a little Highland cattle on there. But so this is, you know, 30 uh, quid. So, or 40 quid, I guess. Which is not too bad. That's like, you know. That's, uh, I think, only about, you know, close to 100 bucks. So, I don't know. I kind of want to get it. So, basically, if anyone has... Uh, no, that's not even, because the um, the dollar... Yeah, exchange rate has changed, so it's about 53 bucks. <laughs> oh, that's not bad at all. Well, yeah, if anyone's got bucks. connections... Yeah, that's really why, why we do we're this doing podcast. this. Yes. Well, it's, it's at least why I'm pimping this jersey right now to try to get someone to send me one so but it's also cool news because it's happy news out of Loch Ness you know and we could use a little dose of happy news so Halloween and and some Loch Ness goodies that's good stuff so this topic we're going to talk about today we're talking about colleges haunted colleges you know this is timely I mean maybe who knows maybe you're listening to this in February June I don't know but we're talking about this because we're recording this on September 1st and people are heading back to heading back to school right yeah, yeah. well some people if some some people then maybe some... virtual classes mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they're yearning for that campus experience if they're taking a virtual class did you I forget where did you go to do you attend a campus so my school was weird uh, I went to Illinois Institute of Art which is now closed it was part of like the School of Art Institute's like program that they had across the country, but it was like the only accredited location. <laughs> okay. And it was inside of the Merchandise Mart in Chicago. Okay. 
So it was it was weird, but I was able to finish college in three years and then like get on with my life. So I liked that. Okay, I loved college. Yeah. I, I I would happily return to college. Quite honestly, I I enjoyed I the experience. Not. Oh, I love learning. I love basically your job is to go learn. I hated no? college. I worked full time my senior year because I was just like so ready to get out and like be in the world. Hmm. We're, we well, have very different college experiences. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I always attended small colleges and I didn't attend major universities, like big universities. Well, New York University for my grad school, but that's even mm -hmm. a different kind of campus. That's not like a normal campus. But yeah, yeah. so I, I, you know, I think the topic as far as colleges, universities that have maybe stories of true crime, paranormal stories. The paranormal makes sense to me because, you know, it's a place where a lot of people pass through those halls yeah. and it's, and it is a place where legends spring up. I think too, even if there's somewhat questionable origins sometimes to scare the freshmen and it's like, it's like camp. It's like an extended camp. It know? is. So wait, if you went to NYU, then you went to two haunted colleges. I did, yes. NYU Whoa. is also um, known for being haunted. I was going to mention that, but yeah, one of the buildings, I think the Brown Building was also... Yeah, the Triangle the Shirtwaist Fire. Triangle Shirtwaist Fire, yeah. So a lot of hauntings connected to that. But also, since it's New York, there's just a lot of history and whatever building is there. So Wait, who knows dang, why didn't I there? think of doing the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire for this story? Now, a race, we have to redo it. We can regroup momentarily. <laughs> no, Shit. commit. Commit to it. It's okay. We can always come back to it. We can True always that. come back to it. So, anyhow, yeah, so I think that it's a, it's definitely a location that lends itself to stories like this, which is what we say about every location, because... <laughs> we we don't need to justify we don't need to justify to anyone why we're doing a topic hell no you're hell listening no. in on our conversations that's right thank you for subscribing or listening <laughs> thank you so much we desperately yeah, we really you. need you yeah thank you <laughs> anyhow uh before we dip in let's hear from one of our sponsors nightmarica is excited to announce we have a new sponsor Manscaped. And to talk about the men's grooming kits, we have a really big fan of Manscaped. But not a man, a Sasquatch. From the Florida Everglades, let's welcome Skunk Ape to the show. Thanks for joining, Mr. Ape. Oh, Skunk is fine, just fine. That's, uh, that's what my friends call me. Even though you're an elusive cryptid, you're able to have a social life? Oh, sure, sure. Wood booger, yeah, we mow, mow, wendigo, mow, galon, we all, we all hang out. Well, that's great. With all those friends, it's probably important to look your best. We take a lot of pride in how we look uh, in the Sasquatch community, especially uh, since, uh, as you can imagine, there ain't a whole heck of a lot of us out there, so it gets pretty darn competitive getting attention from the lady squatches. So the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped has a durable, skin-safe ceramic blade when you groom your, uh, Watchy regions. Don't you know it? That lawnmower 3.0 holds an edge, so I'm less likely to nick my nugs. It's happened before, and it ain't pretty. There's blood everywhere. Everyone down in the glades heard me howl out that one time. Whoop whoop! That's what that's what it sounded like when I nicked my nugs. But not with this lawnmower 3.0. 
Dude, that's intense. I have certainly been there. It is no fun at all. Skunky, I imagine grooming down there probably takes a lot of time because you're a pretty big guy. Well, you know what they say about big feet. Big shoes? Big balls! Yep, right, sizable. Sasquatchicles. Big old ones. But with them lithium-ion batteries I can charge that puppy up on the USB dock, I can use it for 90 minutes. It's even wadproof, so I can fire it up in the glades and take a good long time getting my squashticles right where they needs to be. Well, with that waterproof technology, that's got to be helpful in the glades. Or even for a human like me who uses the shower. Is the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 getting you noticed down there? Only in the right ways. All the lady squatches or, or men, no, no judgment, they take notice. But I can still stay hidden because with that quiet stroke technology, it does not make a lot of noise and attract unwanted look-a-loos. And that's a very important part of the Squatch code. You gotta stay undercover, you know. I can even groom up my squashticles in the middle of the night because it's got an LED light on it so you can see where your Patterson and Gimlin are. It's a memorable pair. And speaking of memorable pairs, you also like the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Well, you might have heard I have a bit of an odor issue, hence the nickname Skunky. And with the Florida humidity, uh, I can smell pretty darn ripe down there. So I use that Manscaped Ball Deodorant to, to make the squashicles smell fresh as a daisy and the ball toner to freshen up when skunk turns to funk. Maybe we should start calling you Flowers instead of Skunky. Well, Skunky, if you or your Squatch Buddies or any listeners out there want to groom safely, and who doesn't, head over to manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA for 20% off plus free shipping off your order. For one more time, that's... Squatchscaped. No, no, it's not. It's Manscaped. Manscaped. The right tools for the job. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. Well, let's, uh, let's go with the first story. Britt, do you want to kick things off? I will. And can I just give us a compliment that that was like our tightest intro ever? Like under 15 really? minutes. Really? Felt really long-winded. 
Well, we're always long-winded, but that one was the least long-winded, I think. I like to think that the people show up for the banter. Yeah. You know? They like to know that we're, you know, we're normal people. Totally normal. normal. We're we're like you. (laughs) Well, some of us, you know, some of us are G-list celebrities in the reality (laughs) TV space. Is that what you're classified as on your IMDb page? Uh, well, you know, I've tried to hack the page a lot just to bump it up a little bit. I'm, I've moved up from M list, but you know, I'm on G. I feel like I could close in on F. You probably um, could. F list, but you know, I mean, I don't like to say that I'm a big deal, mainly because I'm not a big deal. But you know, I uh, just like just like you people when out I, there drinking tea. I, when I first met you, I Googled you and saw your IMDb page, and I was like, damn, this dude's, like, famous. And you're like, met me. You're like, no, he's and not. And I was like, no. And you're underwhelmed. <laughs> All right, well, I, my uh... story. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much hey, I've been, I've been, I have been stopped in the past, and people, and not by, like, a police officer, but, <laughs> like, excuse me, excuse me, sir, you just broke the law. No, I have been stopped by the past by someone that recognized me. Wow. Which is so rare because I remember, like, those handful of times. Anyhow, go on. Okay, great. Um, So we're doing colleges, guys. And I am doing a university out of Waco, Texas called Baylor. Um, It's a Christian school. It's pretty big. They average, like, 16,000 undergrads. Um and Patrick Dennehy and Carlton Dotson both transferred here in 2002 to be able to play on the Baylor Bears basketball team. Bears okay. beats Battlestar Galactica. Um, in June of the following year, Patrick Dennehy tells his friend that he and Carlton Dotson have been receiving threats from some fellow teammates and actually bought guns because they were starting to fear for their safety. Um, he called this friend on the phone, told him that they were going to be at a party together coming up on June 14th and that he'd see them then. So what's interesting, June 14th of 2020, nope, June 14th of 2002, Patrick's uh, parents were starting to feel a little bit off. The following day was Father's Day, June 15th, and Patrick never called them, um, which was super unusual. He was a really good son, always cared for his parents. Um, And then the next day, June 16th, Patrick's roommate got home and saw that Patrick's dogs hadn't been fed, which also wasn't like him. It kind of seems like Patrick was a good kid, like really cared for animals, his family. Um, they started putting two and two together, uh, contacted the parents and realized that no one had physically seen Patrick since actually June 12th. Um, so his parents immediately contact Waco police and file a missing persons report. A week later, Carlton Dotson is at his family's house in Maryland and confesses to his cousin that he killed Patrick. Um, yep. That escalated quickly. His cousin turns him in, he gets questioned by the FBI, and a few days after this questioning, Patrick's body is found in a gravel pit in Waco. Wow. Um, His head had been removed, but from his body. Um, 
Well, I, I think that's implied. <laughs> um, he'd been shot in the head, but it, that wasn't like what decapitated him. They actually think it was animals, that he had been out in the elements for so long in animals. They often remove limbs, um, which is fascinating. But Wait, do they often remove heads? They can. Yeah, they go for like, they might just leave like your torso. Okay. I mean, I'm not an animal expert on this, but I would assume they would the, exactly the, the torso is precisely the torso and mid then the guts are precicely what they're going to go for. That's softer. I mean, yes, limbs like have they, meat like, on them. They like take off an arm, take off a leg. Yeah, you know, but like the belly and that spot is like the best part to get because it's so soft and there's Ew. so much oh. intestines and oh. everything in there. But <laughs> heads, like heads, don't really eyes. Yes, tongue. Oh my god, but Aaron! Getting to the brains is actually quite. Aaron, are you trying to make these people hurl? No, but I am just <laughs> speaking about. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not the case. This is this is what you're reading. I'm just surprised because I don't see animals separating a head as being their go-to move but you know they that's said what in the this report that, says yeah it was pretty it can be kind of common criminal podcast actually did an episode where you can donate your body to science after you die and donate it to this place where they like bury you in the woods in a shallow grave lay you out in the woods exposed they put you in the trunk of a car they do all the stuff to kind of study how your body decomposes and I think that's like one of the things is that they find they remove like your bits. All right. Are you going to donate your body? I would totally donate my body. I think that would be cool. Which, which level of, which like decomposing method. So that's the thing you don't get to pick. But let's say you get to pick. Um, maybe in the trunk of a car. Okay. What would you pick? Well, why trunk of a car? Because that's really scary, and like. Well, you'll be you'll be dead. But I know that's what I mean. So it doesn't impact me, but if they can solve the murder of someone who was found in the trunk of a car and they had to go through that fear, and I can help in some way without having to go through that fear myself, like I think that's kind of cool. Right. Although from a crime perspective, finding out that discovering someone decomposing in the trunk of a car who is already dead is very different than someone who died in the trunk of a car because you would assume that that person would be struggling to get out which then would alter the evidence and and you know the scene a little bit but could be but their limbs could have also all been tied together true anyhow uh i don't know throw me in the middle of the woods give me to the animals let them yeah. pick up my guts and then if they want to remi- remove my head <laughs> Go for it. And prove me wrong. It'll be the ultimate, that would ultimate, be great. told you so. Yes. Okay. Anyhow, go on. Anyhow. Sorry. So, yeah, his head was removed. Uh, Carlton stated that he had shot Patrick um, after they were shooting guns out, the guns that they had, Patrick thought they had bought for their safety. Um, they'd gotten in a fight while they were out there. Um, and Carlton just killed him and then told his cousin, and the police went to get him. What's interesting is while he was being questioned by a judge, Carlton was marked as unfit to stand trial, um, and he was sent to a state mental hospital. Doctors said that he was suffering from psychosis and hallucinations. 
and he believed that he was God and that meant people were out to get him, which sounds bad. Um, he was given antipsychotics, was kept in the hospital for about a year, and after that, after being watched on this medication, he was finally allowed to stand trial. Uh, but actually, five days before it was to begin, he pled guilty. Um, he was sentenced to 35 years in jail in 2005, which doesn't seem like that long of a time, but what's curious is that next year he's going to be up for parole so. well but that's not the craziest part of the story believe it or not i um, believe it because <laughs> this is a true crime podcast um the team was also investigated as part of this trial and a lot of things came to surface um so first, the team had actually reached its scholarship max. So the coach, Dave Bliss, was caught paying for some of the students' tuitions, including Patrick's. And he even went so far as paying for some of their cars, paying for the rent on their apartments, like whatever he could do to convince them to come to pay to play for Baylor's basketball team. Um, Coach Bliss denied this and told the FBI that Patrick was paying his own tuition through dealing drugs. Hmm. Um, it was a bald-faced lie. And what's really gross is that Patrick Dennehy was a black man. And it's just really upsetting that he would, you know, resort to that as his lie. Um, especially, you know, yeah, based on well. their races. I mean, already you're not supposed to speak ill of the dead, I guess. But, you know, he's uh, saying that uh, impugning the reputation of someone that can't fight back. Exactly. And that has all these friends and family that know it's a lie. Um, Coach Bliss also impersonated another student's father to see what information they had on him as a coach through this investigation. And he actually flew to New York to convince a family to lie for him. Um, and then one of his assistant coaches had the guts, like knew that this guy was, you know, not following the rules. And he had the guts to tape him asking them and the players to lie for him. Um, so this assistant coach went to the police as well and said, listen, I've got this tape here. He is, we have it in his words and no charges were ever filed against him. Hmm. So... It also came out that there had been reports of drug use uh, by a few of the players that Bliss chose to just completely ignore. Um, there was a report that the students were doing drugs with one of the associate athletic directors, but the reports would always stop with Coach Bliss. They were documented, and it was there was a clear paper trail that it stopped with him, um, but he was never investigating them. This was against both Baylor University and the NCAA's drug testing policy. Like, if you get one of these reports, you immediately have to drug test the team. Um, but he didn't. So Bliss was forced to resign. And since he blatantly violated NCAA rules, he and most of the people on his staff were given either, like, five-year or ten-year warnings where like if they were to work for any other school within the NCAA like they would have to be strictly monitored so no one would hire him 
um, in that time where he couldn't be hired, he actually wrote his own book called Fall to Grace, which, bro, I don't think you fell to Grace. Like, I think you fell. You know? I think that's... Well, everyone's the, everyone's the hero of their own story. Nobody perceives himself to be the bad guy. True. Um, but as soon as his 10-year like ban and the NCAA was up Southwest Christian University hired him so uh that's kind of interesting um and if Baylor sounds familiar to you it's because in 2016 just a few years later um a bunch of players on the football team committed at least six non-sexual assaults and rapes and the coaches completely looked the other way um when they heard, you know, people coming forward with that, they decided not to punish the players. So were they were accused of this, like they were accused of this, and then the player, the coaches didn't do anything, but they were going to the police, and I think about half of them were half of the guys were convicted. Okay, but yeah, so go Baylor Bears. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's. I think that a lot of colleges have that culture of overlooking, especially athletics, overlooking yep. the mis- misdeeds of of people because it is a money making scheme. Not not that the <laughs> not that the I just just terrified myself by the way, and I will tell you why in a moment. Oh my god, I'm so excited! <laughs> not that the players themselves are all corrupt but i think a lot of times the athletic departments you know they 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 make money it's a it's a profit making situation no the uh, as we're recording this because of you know social distance and everything we are recording remotely and i have brit up in a uh, video window and my little shrunken head is in the top right corner of the window <laughs> And so when I look at Brett's setup, I'm looking up and I see sort of her refrigerator and then a wall in a corner, yeah. which is currently kind Did of aligned. A ghost? Which is currently kind of aligned with where my face is, and I saw a face coming <gasps> around the corner. <gasps> and it was oh my, my face. But, but but you thought someone face. was like breaking into my apartment. No, because it's it's on the ceiling. I, I mean, oh breaking you... in through the ceiling. I thought I was seeing like a face go around the corner. But well, you know face. the apartment two doors down from me is haunted. They're trying to get us in there. Well, haunted by my floating face, in fact. From, it is. But... No, they say the microwave keeps opening. That alone does not paranormal activity make. Management but... said we could go and stay the night. And fix the microwave? Is that the yes. hitch? Like, <laughs> yes. And uh, if you guys uh, happen to find yourself uh, fixing the microwave, uh, that's okay, too. <laughs> you know, get rid of them ghosts in there. <laughs> I don't know why uh, management sounds like, uh, like old-timey it. gangster type. But, uh, you he, know. The guy is a little bit gangster, so it's not off. Yeah. It's, You've met it's him. A microwave. I, I guess so. I think no. you did, because I, I was very drunk. And I, like, saw him in the hallway and, like, we were talking to him and I was like, is this place haunted? I mean, that sounds like you, but <laughs> I don't know. 
Anyhow, hey, let's talk about uh, Haunted Flagler College after another word from our sponsors. Think things are bad now? Well, it could be worse. Don't believe me? Just read Dead Run, the new sci-fi thriller from author Mike Maddox. A mysterious force is taking control of people's bodies and making them run to stay alive. And if you can't keep running, now this is the ad copy, so I'm reading the ad copy because it says, if you can't keep running, you blow up like spaghetti left in the microwave too long. It's not a good scene. Mm -mm. It's a very messy And it's got to have marinara sauce because then it kind of looks like blood. Right. And this, the pasta itself would be sort of Ew. look like viscera. Ew. And except in a microwave, but at least in a microwave, you're contained. The, the explosion is contained. Yep. It's a messy microwave to clean up. But if you're running down the road and you can't keep can't Flat. run anymore, just splat. You're just and then you're all over <laughs> your friends and the other Ew. apocalyptic pals. You do are not nearby. splat on me. And in an apocalypse, you don't have easy access to soap, water. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you can stop running long enough to sh- like shampoo and, and bathe after yeah. your friend, your your pal has just blown up on you. Anyhow, <laughs> I mean, this is really, I think, selling the book. Anyhow, the story follows a group of weary travelers as they make their way through a hellish landscape where there's only one rule. Run or die. This is Dead Run. And other than being chilling and scary, it will also perhaps inspire you to eat the right kind of carbs <laughs> and jog every day just in case this apocalypse hits. So check it out. It's available exclusively on Amazon Kindle. It's only like three bucks. It's well worth your three bucks. And read Dead Run by Mike Maddox on Amazon Kindle. So a couple of weeks ago, I think it was episode 23, we were talking about lighthouses and I told the story from St. Augustine Lighthouse. And now we're talking about colleges. I don't like to go back to the same location so soon, but it warranted it in this in this instance because we're going to be talking about Flagler College in St. Augustine, Florida. Now, first up, this is noteworthy on a you know, on a personal level, because it was where I went to my undergrad. It's where I attended college. So, whoop, indeed. But that's not... Or or what was, like, the mascot? Well, it was a a small private liberal arts school, so I think they're the Lions. I mean, you know, I really didn't... I didn't really pay much attention to it. Uh, But I think the girls' volleyball was really good. Uh, So I think that much, but... Anyhow, it's notable for other reasons because... So the college itself was founded in 1968. So not quite old in terms of university ghost stories, right? But the Ponce de Leon Hotel is a centerpiece and sort of the marquee building for the college, just known as Ponce Hall now. And that was built by entrepreneur, oil tycoon railroad magnate henry flagler in 1887 and he did it in saint augustine a town established in 1565 which is the oldest continually inhabited settlement in the united states so old old building and even older town 
So the, the building is this Spanish Renaissance masterpiece. It's a really gorgeous building, this big rotunda and giant dome and these murals on the dome inside. It's on the National Register of Historic Places. What I found interesting about it is that it it had steamed heating and these Tiffany stained glass and mosaics. And a Mr. Thomas Edison oversaw the installation of electricity in the building. And the hotel was lauded as the first in the world to be wired for electricity. Oh, wow, that's cool. This kind of goes to show that, you know, Flagler and... Rockefeller, those guys, they would they knew guys like Edison. You know, they were big, big money kind of dudes. And also, a lot of times considered sort of self-aggrandizing um, large personalities. Anyhow, it, it was funny because so it was wired for electricity, but for the first month, nobody was using the electricity. People in the hotel were too afraid to turn the switches on oh. and off. So Henry Flagler had to hire men from Edison's company to turn the power on and off in each individual room. Anyhow. That's cute. Flagler had this vision of creating this American Riviera, and, and he really did love Florida, but he also saw a lot of potential for Florida and for development in Florida. And the Ponce Hotel, Ponce de Leon Hotel, had guests such as i mean this was this was like even though it was in florida removed from a lot of sort of modern america it was this swanky spot and it drew guests such as mark twain uh, eventually babe ruth two presidents uh theodore roosevelt also president grover cleveland who is interesting fund grover cleveland fact is that he was um, he was gifted the it wasn't a Ouija board it was the Leah Minster's witch board but it was a witch board for a a wedding gift in 1886 uh, Cleveland was the first and I think only U.S. president to get married in the White House so in 1886 and, got, and someone it, gave it, him a witch board yeah this precursor to the Ouija board was given to him as one of the gifts From and. Who? Um, I don't, I don't know offhand who. I think maybe it was the the manufacturer. If it was, if it was the manufacturer at the time, it would have been the W. S. Reed Toy Company that that manufactured that. The Ouija board came along shortly after, and then that was that was an even uh, bigger deal, and that's what we know today as the Ouija board. That's such a cool wedding gift. Will you make me a promise when I get married that you'll give me one? Probably I could have one made. I mean, I do have okay. the my tiki Ouija board that I had designed. But yeah, Grover Cleveland said he wasn't going to use it. He said he thanks he he was thankful for it, but he was going to use it as a symbol of friendship, but didn't think he would test its power to uh, to to either communicate with the other side or foresee the future. Anyhow, that's a little detour. Anyhow, so but this was obviously a big deal, kind of hotel and yet like i said in 1968 so the hotel closed down in 67 and in college it in in 68 it became part of flagler college and flagler college is considered one of the most haunted colleges uh it's on 
pretty much every list of haunted colleges out there. And the Travel Channel listed it as one of the most haunted colleges. This automatically doesn't mean it is, of course, but it means that it's at least enough part of the mainstream that it's famous for its alleged haunts. What's kind of cool about the, the, the building is that no two bedrooms are alike, or, or maybe some, I don't know, but I've always been told no two bedrooms are alike. And they have sort of small and quirky shapes. Some are big, some are some have these massive eleven foot ceilings. Whoa, it's really in a, a dis- dorm it's, room. Yeah. Well, so I'm getting to that. Yeah. So it's a distinctive place to live at college. Now, I can't really speak to this because while you can take public tours of the building, you can't really see the rooms because they have been converted into dorm rooms specifically women's dorm rooms so i was never when i was a student there was never allowed in those those rooms no ladies invited you in uh no no it was actually pretty strict not that any ladies were inviting me in anyhow (laughs) i would like to say it was just the the strict uh policies but yeah nobody was inviting me into there i should have tried like let me investigate your haunted door room yeah. And try to gotten that get in there that way. Well, you know. It's you too live late and you now. learn. You live and you learn. And but people would demand to switch dorm rooms because of these creepy occurrences that would take place in there. And while I was there, I did hear about this a lot. Now again, this it was just really part of the the legend of Flagler College. And some of the we're gonna dip into sort of the the claims but i will say that i have i had always heard about these long before i was working in the paranormal and these stories pretty much emerged in the late 60s and continue to this day now one of the the claims that people have have told that's pretty popular out there is this story of a lady in blue and the lady in blue the story is that it was this woman who was with a married man became pregnant and distraught because he rejected her and she fell down the stairs and died and she is now said to haunt those halls that story is repeated a lot in ghost lore it's also it speaks to speaks to it's like a moral tale as well when you mm-hmm. think about it don't don't be promiscuous don't be with you know don't commit adultery it also i think you know speaks to this old trope of the fragility of women mm-hmm. so but that's this that's one of the stories there's also a tale of a ghostly handyman that has been seen especially while while he is working on showers so creepy, creepy old ghost home handyman Ew. Um, actually, they they say he doesn't do anything creepy. He's just working on the shower. But I don't know still. a man, a creepy old man, a ghost man. Ghosts can be pervy. Possibly, I think it would be especially pervy if you were like if it's a haunted bathroom and you're having yourself a poop, and then you <laughs> see the ghost. That is. That is a situation that you don't want to be in the midst of because you can't just stop. 
So no. you have to deal with the ghost and the and the pooping. So it's just something. I have heard about this as well, by the way. That so ghosts want to watch you do your business? No, they're not necessarily watching you do your business, but people have had paranormal experiences while on the toilet. Oh. So that could be a whole subgenre of paranormal. It coming, you know, coming this fall, coming this fall to Travel Channel. <laughs> Scared shitless. Oh my God, you're just pitching a real show right now. This is actually called Travel be... Channel up. Yeah, Travel you Channel. And Brian Kano. Poop. Hear me out. Okay. Yeah. Anyhow, there's also a story story of a little boy that was playing on the balcony in this rotunda, and somehow fell over the railing to his death and the at night people hear random stomping sounds like down the hallways and that he is supposedly playing in the halls and that and that he sometimes will tap you on the shoulder to come play with him i can't these things are such part of legend that i have not been able to despite research i have not been able to verify these claims historically so the I want to say a lot of these are just lore, hmm. but but again the story of a little boy is pretty popular. But it, it caught on enough that this is something that's repeated a lot. This little boy. I think interestingly, I'm always a little bit more interested in in supposed spirits that are connected to specific characters. Now Henry Flagler himself is known to be one of the ghosts of this building. Kind of makes sense. This was an important building to him. But the story is, with Henry Flagler himself, is that one of his last wishes would be that all the buildings and doors... Buildings? All the buildings, doors, and windows would be open during his funeral. And then, during his funeral procession, a well-meaning janitor... Probably just being like, why is everybody leaving their doors open? <laughs> yeah. Closed the doors, and as he was doing this, a gust of wind blew through the area in very dramatic fashion. And according to a psychic that attended Henry Flagler's funeral, that gust of wind was Flagler's spirit trying to get out. Now, he couldn't. So this spirit slammed against a closed door and bounced back. And landed on one of the tiles in the main rotunda. And now, a tile off the main ro- main doors of this rotunda has a face on it that <gasps> looks uncannily like Henry Flagler. Do they have pictures of this? I'm sure there's pictures out there. I have seen this. I, I have seen this tile. It does, it does sort of look like Henry Flagler. It's probably oh a case God. of... It does probably is a case of pareidolia, uh, which is, you know, when you're seeing patterns and things that are not supposed to be there. Pareidolia. Wow. And, but it is pretty interesting. Anyhow, uh, one student was said, this was, this is an early ghost story of, of Flagler College. One student was said to pass the tile several days in a row and invite Henry Flagler to visit and in some version of the story the kid was being a jokester and others he was serious but anyhow at 6 30 in the morning he wakes up and he's feeling groggy he's got to go to class and he looks over and there is a stern looking figure dressed in gray standing over his bed looking at him 
and you know, he, uh, and in a blink of an eye, he's gone. But wasn't his roommate because his roommate was apparently out of town, and Oops. his roommate wasn't an old old dude. I'm guessing <laughs> a continue was not a continuing ed student. Yeah, <laughs> but so there's that. There's the story now. Also, Henry Flagler, he had a he had a couple wives and mistresses, and oh. and there was the story that. So his second wife was Ida Alicia, and she was, interestingly, the nurse of his first wife, who had died. Oh, that's... Yeah, supposedly it led to a falling out. Supposedly led to a falling out between between Flagler and his, his, uh, his adult son. Anyhow, Ida Alicia, according to the stories, had mental illness and apparently was so bad off that she was committed... You know, maybe this was Henry Flagler sort of getting her out of the way. Who knows? Because at that time, you could pretty much claim that your wife was hysterical and easily get her committed. I don't know. But she was committed to a sanatorium. And it was said that she did not improve. And she ranted at the walls until she died of consumption, a.k.a. tuberculosis. And... But... Now she supposedly haunts the school, wandering around and staring at many paintings and at the beautiful ceilings, which again, these, these, the rotunda, these ceilings are gorgeous. And now she's also said to look at this wall where there's a large painting of Henry Flagler himself. I don't know, maybe she's flicking him off in her ghostly form. <laughs> That'd be but great. it's like, you cheater. Anyhow... Yeah. Because it is said that she knew of the many affairs that her husband had and that, I don't know, some say it drove her mad. Maybe it, she was mad. Maybe she was pissed off, but not yeah. driven mad. I don't know. You always but, know. But she supposedly haunts this area. Now, she's also supposedly likes the east wing of the women's dorm. And one story that's told about her is that there was this young female that was switching colleges now ida had strawberry blonde hair and this new student this female student also had strawberry blonde hair and many people say you know according to legend she looks like ida alicia now she moves into the east wing of ponce de leon hall ponce hall and as this as she moved in the ghost of ida alicia became very active and she was seen roaming up and down the halls quite a bit and ended up in this young woman's, young student's room and disturbed the woman so much by awakening her in the middle of the night that the student couldn't deal with it. In fact, the student even apparently, according to the legend, would even see Ida's face on the door, on the door itself. The girl switches rooms. Still, Ida was this this young student's roommate and so as the story goes eventually the female the girl the girl student had to transfer yeah had to get out of there i would too Uh, and well i mean i don't know if you can't sleep i guess i'm precious about my sleep would wear you down but yeah there's another story of the fourth floor now, the fourth floor of Flagler College 
is said to be this. The, I I like the legend of this story quite a bit because Ida also Ida apparently was making a surprise visit to the Ponce de Leon, the Hotel Ponce de Leon, and Henry Flagler got word of this. And he had a mistress there, and he told the mistress, go to the fourth floor so wife won't find you. The equivalent of hiding in a closet, yeah, you know? Right. So one of the stories is that the mistress, that this happened to the mistress many times, and that she began using drugs and to escape her pain, and that maybe she even became addicted to heroin. Aww. Who knows? But... Supposedly, she was forced to spend a lot of time in this fourth floor suite, which was also called the mirrored suite. Now, the mirrored suite was told to be a psychomantium, which is this, it's a room filled with mirrors. And all along, all these, uh, you know, covered wall to ceiling with mirrors and the the intent is to it can alter your mood, so they so the theory was, but it can also be used as a, a way of spirit communication of contacting oh. the dead. Anyhow, apparently this was all just too much for the girl, and she ended up hanging herself from a chandelier in this room. And so now supposedly to this day the room is locked this fourth floor is locked and visitors and students cannot go up there it's actually i think it's used to store some athletic equipment is one thing that i've i've heard from anecdotal things but if you go up there you might catch a glimpse of this swain mistress and if you look through the the um the keyhole you supposedly will see some things. Now, there was a time where you could actually stay in those fourth floor rooms and supposedly posters or photographs would fly from the walls and there would be sounds of screams and that some students said that they would see a figure. And again, there's the story of the chandelier Mm -hmm. and that there'd even be strange lights flickering throughout the night. So, you know, fourth floor is now a forbidden area, but because of because of that. The the I forgot to mention this, but the flickering light thing is also interesting because it's been reported that if you call Henry Flagler's name in the Ponce Hotel, the lights will flicker as a, a way of signaling that he's around. There was there was one woman that was a tour guide named Mary Cole who or May Cole who gave a tour that this was happening so much that apparently she ended the tour early and it was so so scary that they you know, that they left. Wow. So the final final story that I want to mention is the Lady in Black. Now the Lady in Black, I believe, is more known for haunting the West Wing of, of the Ponce Hotel. And 
supposedly this is the thing that causes people to change dorm rooms the most. Now it's easy enough to put it together. What does she look like? She's a lady in black. Mm-hmm. And one student, Corey Orcasitas, gave the tale of when she lived in the dorms, she was sleeping, and her roommate said she saw something standing at the foot of her bed, all in black. Now, the Corey said she wore a lot of black clothes at the time, so the roommate thought it was her, thought it was Corey, and tried to get her attention. But the roommate said the figure didn't move, and didn't react to her talking, just just kept watching her. And this happened during their entire time staying in these dorms, that she would see this lady in black just standing in the corner across from her bed, always looking and staring, and uh, which is pretty creepy. I don't know how you so fall... So creepy. How you fall asleep no. while, while that's happening. I can't uh, fall asleep with my feet out of the covers because I feel like a gremlin's going to get me. If a gremlin was actually watching me, forget about it. I did have, yeah, I will say that one of my early childhood childhood fears was that if I had my feet hanging uncovered or off the bed, that a witch would chop them off and steal my feet. they do. I don't know why that's something that just kids, (laughs) it's maybe worth researching, why kids just generate that because i was even before i went to school so i don't know where this idea yeah became such a scary thing to me it's it's almost it's ingrained in you at a, a young age somehow yeah so, i don't know there's monsters under the bed where does that come from probably monsters being under the bed yeah probably legit monsters i don't know anyhow so that's uh a lot of this Yeah, I I, I want to call out a book called Florida's Ghostly Legends and Haunted Folklore by Greg Jenkins. He talks about some of these stories. I also want to give a shout out to the website The Odyssey because they got some good direct quotes, which I enjoyed. And a lot of this, though, is stuff that's sort of been ingrained in me from having gone to that college. Of course. And it, it was funny because even before I was in the in the paranormal biz as they say nobody says that nobody says paranormal biz but i will i'm gonna start saying it before i was in the paranormal biz i remember the day of my graduation walking around saint augustine with my family after the ceremony and then walking into Ponce hall and telling them some of these some of these stories and showing the tile so it was yeah it was a, it was something that definitely a part of my college years yeah that's cool i'm jealous yeah yeah i mean as far as like as far as college haunts i guess like that's not a bad one you know maybe on some unconscious level maybe that's why i selected flagler college even before before i went into the paranormal world i was just drawn to it i don't know but anyhow so i'll give a break from saint augustine for a few weeks (laughs) since i've now gone back there (laughs) twice, twice but Hey, but they're both, uh, you know, good spots. And we've Absolutely. Hit, we've, hit, we've hit Chicago a couple For times. For sure. Yeah, that's fine. So, well, before we get out of here, what are you into in the paranormal pop culture realm this week? Well, a few episodes ago, I gave the recommendation of Radio Rental, 
and I've completely caught up with that podcast. So I was trying to find something else like Radio Rental, and I stumbled upon Spooked um, by Glenn Washington of Snap Judgment. And yeah. it's very much like Radio Rental. It's good. There's a ton of seasons, so there's like a ton of back episodes you can binge. Um, but the one I recommend people start with would be season three, episode 15. It's called Iconic. Um, and he covers, like, it's true, real people talking about the stories. Uh, someone's exper- experience at the Stanley Hotel, which right. we all know from The Shining. And then someone's experience with Robert the Doll. Right. So, yeah, I've, I've listened to, yeah, I, I, I do like, I do like that podcast a lot. And they do have, it's funny because they have some, they have some somewhat famous stories that get told mm-hmm. in there and then there's a lot of just cool ghost stories and yeah and they vary in different lengths and yeah they i i do i do like that podcast a lot i think there's new episodes out right now i do there think are. The, yeah the there's they also have a subscription model for episodes yes. i think through maybe luminary. stitcher or something luminary luminary um but yeah and there's this one I think maybe it was the very first one I had ever listened to a couple of years ago about, I maybe even told you about this, about a girl that went running. She had had a argument with her boyfriend on the cell phone and threw her phone in the car and went for a run. And it was sort of a trail run. It was in a forested area. And as she was running, she, like, I, I don't know if she first sensed or saw basically these two guys in the woods that started giving pursuit oh, no. and 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 then it turns out they start following her and i don't want to spoil it but she does hear in the woods this voice and maybe it's a voice in her head or maybe it's otherworldly she she said it felt supernatural and this voice was telling her to run and and she would squat down at times trying to hide from these guys giving pursuit and then as she was squatting down occasionally it would be like run run now almost guiding her out of the woods and the sense was that she was really in danger and far removed from her car so uh it's it's a really creepy one and i think that was i think that was my first one that i had listened to of uh of that of that show so i do i do recommend it quite a bit so cool well mine Mine is just kind of brief. I I was just excited that there's a new teaser trailer for The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is a the <gasps> oh Netflix God, series. It's so and, well, it's you have to wait until October 9th because that's when it drops on Netflix, but it's a follow-up of The Haunting of Hill House. Now, of course, that one was in October 2018 based on Shirley Jackson's adapted very um, adapted from Shirley Jackson's 1959 novel. And it's, um, this one is sort of more, Haunting of Blind Manor is more based on Henry James's gothic novel, the 1898 Turn of the Screw. Uh-huh. And I'm, yeah, I'm quite excited about this one. I think Mike Flanagan, who also did um, Dr. Sleep, is a really gifted director. I think he really does such a good job with the paranormal and with just horror 
that I'm very excited about this. So, oh my god, I cannot yeah. wait. So the teaser trailer just dropped yesterday as we're recording this, so check it out. But even the teaser is creepy. Did you watch it yet? I haven't watched teaser? it yet, but Haunting of Hill House was so, so good. Yeah, I, I would say it's one of the best. Yes. I mean, it was a great story, top to bottom, great haunted house story, but also a great family drama. It was, it was really excellent. So. Yeah, and I liked the book, but I actually thought the adaptation was equally as good. Like, they didn't compete with each other because it was such an adaptation, like it was so different from the book, that it felt like an equally interesting story. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It, it was a nice, in spirit, really quite realized the the uh, Shirley Jackson's original, which yeah. I would also say read, read The Turning of the Screw, because yes. it's gothic it's so it doesn't hard help. read though it and is not easy. i mean that's yeah but it's it's i think satisfying and shirley jackson's is an early easier read so yes, it is. you can also check that out so yeah anyhow well cool. there we have it colleges so back to school wow i came in real hot on that one back to I'll school i'll do like the school bell oh we're we're bringing in sound effects yeah. i don't Unless that was the sound. If is that the that actual was, that sound was of it? The, that was the sound effect that I'll use. I think that was a telephone, rotary oh. phone calling. But right. sorry, not to mock your <laughs> sound effects. I'm sure they're grand. We have a really big budget, so they're yes. great. Well, okay. Well, let's get out of here. If you like Nightmerica, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash Nightmerica. And consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on social media and share this with your friends. And if you'd like to share your paranormal stories or even seek paranormal advice, which is for entertainment purposes only, email nightmericashow at gmail.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.